at what you're after Cool babies Strange but not a stranger I'm an ordinary guy Burning down the house Hold tight Wait till the party's over Hold tight We're in for nasty weather Welcome into week number four with Let's Chat with Cat and Pat. And we've covered quite a bit these first three weeks. Week four, we're going to continue down a similar path and have another truthful, engaging conversation here. And it's something that I think hits home for us. And if it hits home for us, it's got to hit home for the people that are finding this show and enjoying themselves listening to this show. And Katrina, it's all about feeling at home in your home <laughs> and it's a difficult subject it's a touch a very touchy subject um and you know we've explained our situation here each of the last few weeks but one of the dynamics that that happened because of covid because of finances because of our situations is you, know, you had the opportunity to sell your house and move in right that was a a big deal um, you know, you had your timelines and we, we played by your rules, but you got to move in and try to make this house your own. And here we are, you've been living here for what, three years now. Mm -hmm. And you still, I, I know that it feels more homey to you and you've done some phenomenal changes around here, modernized the house, made the house very clean. It, it is very much your home to everybody else that walks into the house but you can be honest here um, my feelings are not going to get hurt do you feel at home in your home just yet no <laughs> and you're supposed to continue talking <laughs> after that like no, i'm, I'm like, not going to get hurt here like, like none of it was a decision factor that i got to have so like the long and the short of it is is you know you had a tenant living here i had a roommate um, that's how we were getting through. I owned my own house seven miles down the road. You owned your house through divorce. Um, I refinanced my house to pay off my ex-husband's $82,000 worth of debt that went to God knows what. You refinanced your house to pay off your ex-wife to be see you later, bye. Um, and here we are in a scenario where we each own our own home. Um, it was, my house was a house that I had all these list of i need to have this like sunken living room be by water car garage like insane requests right, and, the, I, and the, i and i found the house that was great and i loved it but your house list was equally if not more ridiculous than your man list that you explained last correct, week correct. I mean, same idea okay you yeah. gotta hit all these little check all these yeah. boxes here and you did you found it uh, although i gotta say i know that when you bought the place uh it, it's a duplex in, a, in an yeah. association yeah. and when you found the place you had incredible neighbors that I you did. fell in love with but the neighbor that you had when I met you, I mean, you were itching to get out of oh, there. Like, so I had the best neighbors for seven years, Mark and Terry. They were phenomenal. They were absolutely amazing. Um, and then they retired to Florida, which is part of the reason why that's our plan was they live such a great life. They also met on match. Like if we could live and be half as happy as they are, um, that is the the mindset goal that I have. But then I got like this nightmare neighbor who she was a doctor and her dad was famous. And, you know, we had 
different men at the house every night and my you know i can't leave for work because some construction guy is there with the like big sign that says like accident up ahead or whatever it is and you can't even get the car out of the garage um i had a registered sex offender living on the other side so dream house scenario i mean right right so for like the first eight years i lived in the house it was everything that i wanted for the last two years when I had to refinance to pay off the ex-husband, I got a roommate, which was fine, but I lost my best neighbors. You know, I was I was itching to make the profit and move. You and I did well. It was COVID. Your tenant wasn't able to pay. That was when the whole, like, if people rented, they didn't necessarily have to pay. Let's, like, not get into those semantics. But your divorce, it was imperative that the kids be registered to your address and go to this school district. My son had his license, his dad still lived in town, like, that wasn't an issue, like, when we were considering the kids, so, like, me moving here. Although you still, to be fair, needed permission. I mean, for for a guy that you were married to for a year, 19 years ago, he still had quite the stranglehold on your life. If I needed to move, like, into a different town, into a different school district, you need to have that approval. Like, we're talking seven miles. Like... We could run that in a half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I got the permission. My family, everybody was supportive. But like we moved into this house that you lived in with your ex-wife. Yeah. It was disgusting. 7,000 pounds of trash that needed to get taken out of here. Like there were rooms that were floor to ceiling. There was a funk smell. Um, I was insistent on making sure, even though you had new appliances in your kitchen, like my stove was making its way here. Uh, We had to get new washer and dryers. I didn't want to have the same washers and dryers, but like the house was rough. But you bought the house at a great deal. It was a smoker's home. It was definitely a fixer-upper DIY project, which is 100% right up my alley. But I earned an income. I worked a job. I had a salary. I owned my own house. And I didn't get to have a say in this as a location. I got to have a say in choosing you, and it was the right thing for the kids. But it has. It's been hard to, like, embrace that. I didn't force you to come here. No. I, I didn't. I asked, and you said okay. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't threaten our... I mean, people that are listening, if they don't know, like, who we are just yet, I didn't give an ultimatum on our relationship. I didn't do anything of the such. Uh, it, there was none of that. No, it was the right decision because it was the best interest for the kids. This was, like, the one permanent home that your kids knew. This was a school district that they were tied to. This was a great town to live in where I didn't have to drive 20 minutes. Like the convenience factor is great. Like I can go right around the corner, get my nails done. We can actually get takeout. I can drive to a restaurant in five minutes. There's a Dunkin' Donuts, which if you live in New England is life. And I could easily hop on 93 and commute to work because at that time I was commuting to Burlington, Massachusetts every day. So there was definitely lots of perks for me. I don't think I understood how much your ex-wife would still have a presence at this home. For when I moved in. Well, I mean, you know, the reality is she's crazy um, and she's terrified of us on one hand. And on the other hand, she's got no problem just rolling up. At- well, it was like the first year living here. It's like we're going to roll up. She's going to go right into the garage, help herself to like whatever's in the garage. Take that. We have until 2025 to store her things in the eaves of the garage. Side note, we need new roofing shingles (laughs) on that garage so if her stuff's getting wet ah, her alimony payments are on time but you know the stuff we're storing may not be great in 2025 there's there's no way there's no way that stuff is gonna Um, be okay (laughs) 
But, uh, you know, once we got through the first few years where she was so scared to be here, now it seems that she finds a way to pull into the driveway several days a week when it's not just the basic pick up and drop off, but like forgetful of things. And, and then my favorite was when uh, we had to dig up the tree and return a tree that she had planted several years ago. Like, that was awesome. She bought herself this fancy tree for Mother's Day. It was a Mother's Day gift to herself uh, from some fancy florist, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And the thing's never going to get too big. It's always a manageable size. And I, lo and behold, like, close to four years after the divorce. And she does it through the kids, which I hate. I, I can't stand it. If you want the damn tree... Send me an email. Send me a text. Like, don't have the kids guilt me into it. That's, I, I think that that's the cruelest thing that you can do because all it does is continue to hold the divorce over the kids' heads, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how are they ever going to be their best selves and move on and just embrace what life is now as long as they've got to be sort of the intermediary between mom and dad and whoever mom's dating and you. And it's just, it's cuckoo. It's banana land. But the tree thing, I think, is absolutely ridiculous but even if she weren't finding a reason to pull into the driveway because you know they forget to send connor back here with his backpack or his laptop or whatever it is this week football bag there's always something you Ooh, still there's a time she came in and hung out when we were away <laughs> so that, that's <laughs> like my favorite that. I, i'm really surprised it took you this long <laughs> to go there uh so <laughs> we're away and she knows we're away uh, but she can't get get to school on time to pick our son up so we allow him to come here he's got a code to unlock the door he's 13 years old he can be by himself for a few hours while he waits for mom so you had left out dinner for him because we had just left so well, you this was actually football practice so football practice is the same week every week like she couldn't commit to picking him up she had other personal plans yep needed us to do it on our time but we happened to be away for both work trips like working like it's such a priority so we can pay her alimony and child support on well, time you know like all sorts of fun things um so we had another football mom drop connor off here after practice so that that way she could take her time and pick Connor up after eight. And so, yes, I left leftover dinner. I told him to like put Netflix on, watch a show, left a little dessert, like made sure that he had everything because if she couldn't pick him up after eight and he was just at football practice for a couple hours, like the kid needs dinner. Lo and behold, here we are. We're away on the work trip together. We're working like in the same town, which was co convenient. But the look on your face when you saw the ring camera. When the was... ring camera's going off. And, and she's walking in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Several minutes, like double digit, like 15, 20 minutes. I thought maybe because we were working in the same town, we decided to spend the night in the same hotel. I thought I was getting lucky. We were having a nice dinner. And let me tell you something. You can get cock blocked by your ex-wife 2,000 miles away, four years post-divorce. I Via was, ring camera. I was so <laughs> cock blocked. I mean, for a day where the Wi-Fi should have, would have, could have gone out, it did not. It was strong. And you got to see it all. You know, it makes you feel any better. Connor said that she came in to say hi to the dog that, you know, she lived with for years. And the dog... That she abandoned the, and is now my dog. And the dog wanted no part of her. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, she called for the dog. The dog wouldn't come. The dog is your dog now. So you may not have the house that you want, <laughs> but you've got a dog that depends on you, loves you, and has completely forgotten about the other parent that it had once upon a time. The dog is all yours. Mm -hmm. But let's be real here. Like, we could do an hour about how ridiculous the exes are, and we'll do more hours on that. But even if she never showed up here, 
you've made the house yours. Every room in the house has been tastefully done over, whether it's been done professionally or you and I laying a hardwood floor or you painting the kitchen or whatever, like the, the, you buying granite countertops, uh, you selling your house to have the money to take the in-law apartment and gut it and essentially build a, a beautiful five-star hotel-looking suite where that once stood. Well, yeah, we needed a different master bedroom. The point is, like, you have made this very much Katrina's house. I only wish you felt like it was Katrina's home. And if it doesn't feel like your home yet, I, don't, I feel like you're never going to have the warm and fuzzies being here uh you're just counting down the days until it's time for us to move once connor graduates high school and oh by the way he's going into eighth grade next year so we still have a ways to go mm -hmm. so uh, like is that is that fair of you to put that responsibility on me because you know how much i work and how hard i try to make you happy and make sure that i'm doing all the right things as, as your partner because i don't take you for granted but this is something that is so far out of my control well there's also a financial responsibility piece so like you know you cashed out all the equity on the home to pay her off um i used the profit from the sale of my home to try to make this home a little bit more my home um, we maximized COVID refinancing the house to get an unbelievable interest rate to refinance the house. So from a cost savings perspective, from uh, what we have in equity in the home now, it is the best financial decision. It is definitely in the best interest of Connor for us to have this house and for him to have the school district. The convenience is still there. So there's a lot of responsibility pieces that it's prudent. That's one of my father's word. It's a prudent decision for us to maintain living here but this is never gonna fully a hundred percent be my home until you and i can walk in and do a couple house tours and choose a home together that like these are the pro these are the projects that we're going to embrace together these are the things that i'm looking for in a house that i want to have like even though we spent all that money to remodel our master suite we still don't have like a real like closet like there's still like things that have to be sacrifices or things that are made. Like I can't get the type of refrigerator I'd like to have here. Like with how much I love kitchens, I don't have a pantry. I don't have like a small appliance area. Like there's little things that contribute to who I am that I'm not able to have tailor made here that are things that I'd like to look for at a house. That that's just not going to come until we can get there. But in the meantime, we're doing the responsible thing and not making a rash decision to get into something that we're going to be housebroken. Well, because here's the reality. Uh, you know, we we've said from day one we're going to be honest here. So yeah, I got the house for under three hundred thousand dollars, and we could flip it for seven hundred thousand right now, and we owe about two hundred on it. So there's a nice piece of profit to be made here. Uh, and we could certainly flip it tomorrow and stay in town and get you the house that you want and probably have a ver very similar uh, mortgage payment. But what we would lose is that half a million dollars in equity. And, and the most important piece about that equity to me anyways is at least part of that is going to be our retirement. It has to replace what we once had that we lost because we made poor choices earlier sure. in life. So if the penalty that you have to pay for having two divorces and the penalty that I have to pay for having one divorce and being married to the wrong person for over a decade, if that penalty is 
not having a place for your kitchen appliances that you see in a magazine. <laughs> I know, I like, know. you know, talk about first yeah. world problems. But look, I get it. I feel very similar about my own things here. Like, I don't love the fact that I had no say. So when I moved to Wyndham, I, I grew up on the North Shore, right? I grew up uh, in Peabody and in Lynn and Wakefield. That's where I wanted to be. My ex-wife chose Wyndham. My ex-wife had a friend that had just, just, she had just bought a house here mm -hmm. and she fell in love with the town. And now we, we're moving, but we can only move to Wyndham. And it became an obsession of hers. So I made the best of that obsession and just went with the flow because I, I can't fight anymore. All I did was fight. I was going to drop dead of a heart attack at 33 years old. So I don't mind the house. Uh, I like the house. I love the location. I love the neighborhood. I don't have a problem with that. My problem now is this is our family. This is our home. This is our house. And I want you to feel like it's yours. And despite the fact that you've made so many changes to the point where whoever walks in the house, you get nothing but compliments. Uh, you've done a masterful job with it. You have truly made it your own from the moment you walk in and the entryway is now black and every, like, everything is different start to finish. And it still doesn't feel like yours. And I get it. I would love nothing more than to, I was going to say hire a real estate agent, but you are one. I so one. use you <laughs> uh, and, and go buy the house of our dreams and we will get there. But I also feel like I'm wicked hypocrite throughout this whole thing because in this house, yeah, you brought your stove, whatever. I don't care. You don't have sex on a stove. And if you did, I don't want to hear about it. We have really? a couch upstairs that your ex-husband spent a ridiculous amount of money on that he didn't earn, that he, he had no right to spend. Uh, th these are the things that you say, mm -hmm. right? But you were married, so any choice he made, you had to live yeah, with it. You, you had to embrace it. There's a $10,000 couch in your living room. You, you gotta embrace it. Okay, so you have a $10,000 love sack. Uh, that's aging, and it's not great for us in this house because before you got here, the dog was here. And we don't have a hypoallergenic dog. Mm -hmm. We don't have a dog that, that somehow magically through the power of science doesn't shed. Okay, this dog sheds. And that couch is a magnet to dog hair, cat hair, whatever hair, human hair. That, that is a magnet to it. It is probably the worst couch you could ever have if you have a pet that sheds. All that being said, it's a nice couch. It is flexible. If you don't know anything about a love sack, it's essentially Legos that make up a couch. You can make this thing into any shape you want. It's somewhat comfortable. It's a nice couch. Okay. And it's a $10,000 couch. Here we are on a budget. And there are times where I just want to go say, let's throw the thing away. Let's go spend 2,500 bucks and go to Bob's and get ourselves a sectional and call it a day. Because I try to get comfortable on the couch. I try to lay on the couch, sit on the couch with you. And sometimes I can't help but think that this couch has been enjoyed by your ex-husband and you. And that is something that sucks. You know, the first thing you did when you started just sleeping here, let alone moving in, was what was the first major thing that you had we me had replace? had to get a new mattress. Oh, that's right, because you didn't want to what? Sleep on the same bed as her. Okay, but I'm upstairs 
chilling on the same couch that I, I like I well, you guys we, are married I know you had sex on the couch so it's a little weird to me well we yeah but he also had sex with other people on the couch so it should be weird to you well it absolutely burn is. the thing but like during COVID when we moved in to get a new couch was you you spend five or six grand you wait like eight nine months and like the new couch comes in but like I think right now it's we have the couch and we have the fridge so this isn't my fridge. This isn't a fridge that I picked out. It we did not have in sex in the space. fridge. No, but like, I mean, we had to use her name when they're freaking... Repair people came? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Katrina Jordan, Katrina Ordway. Every time <laughs> you put in your, your phone number for rewards, wherever we go, it, it could be... Well, and still, I was like only married for like a hot minute. I know. And they, like, it's like the curse that never goes It never away. goes. But I live with it, and it doesn't bother me the way, the way that it used to. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where you say to yourself, okay, you know what? We are over 40. We've got baggage. You live with the baggage. I feel like with the house... You have done a good job living with it. You've done a great job improving it and making it much more, much closer to what your house would be from where it was when you first moved in. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing that we can do. I've come to the conclusion that there's nothing that we can do that is going to make you fully embrace this as your home. And that's, when I came to that realization, it was kind of heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Like, you're never going to be content here. No, just going through the mo motions of, like, waiting it out. And, like, this is a long-term plan. That's what we need to do. Like, we did. We both gave up our 401ks. We both gave up everything. So, like, in order for us to have, like, the life that we want to have, like, this is a financial investment where you need to make a couple sacrifices to get there. Now, if we knew that we were going to live in Wyndham for the next 10, 15, 20 years, then we can wait for the right time, make that decision and like get the house and change. But this isn't where we want to be. And I think the other piece to that is, is like, I'm really looking forward to being able to completely move to a different state and having that all on separation where we don't have like, it's just like this welcoming of like my ex-husband, your ex-wife, they can just show up at the house and just, you know, when my son graduated college, like, we had my ex-husband, his parents, his grandparents. Like, they all came here. We had the whole graduation party. Like, it would be nice for us just to be able to have, like, this is our life. And these choices that we've made in the past, yes, that they are in our past, but they never really live in the past. No, they're always right there, mm -hmm. uh, front and center. And I get, I get why that sucks. And I actually agree with you 95% uh, of the time. My thing is, it's more about, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you to be disappointed living here. Because you got to be careful. When people listen to this, if anybody knows this town and knows where we live, you know, people might be like, shut the fuck up, Katrina. Like, this well, it's is a wonderful town. It's, but you know what? And you know what? Like, Your house is really nice. But like... I mean, I have to, like, wrestle with the closet just to pick out clothes to, like, wear every single day. Like, now, granted, if we it's make a, it's enough... A, it's a walk-in closet, guys. It's a walk-in walk closet, closet, but how many times has the closet, like, fallen over? How many holes are in there? It's a walk-in closet. Well, and there's a portion of the closet that I have to be in because you can't actually look straight and walk down the closet. It's that narrow. Now, granted, if I can, like, hustle with my side hustle and sell a couple different houses, you bet your ass I'm calling California closets and we are redoing that, that that may be a temporary band-aid 
but you can honestly say that that is not a functional closet and that is nothing like the closet I had at my house. No, it's not. But you also chose it and designed it. Like, well, no, 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 no. We had the argument with we had the argument with the general contractors because they didn't even put anything that was in there for a closet. It was a resemblance of a closet they actually took out. We had to build that whole thing. We've done several different variations, and when you hear a huge crack in this house, it's because our closet has caved in again. It has, and like a half a dozen times. And the most recent addition of the closet is probably the rodents that have uh, found their way oh. in there. And you've had me, you know, screaming, Patrick, something's nesting in my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I All never, right. you never want to hear that. Yeah. You want me to wear bralettes? Get the freaking mouse out of my house. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, but there's nothing, it's winter in New England. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to have a mouse here. And by the way, when we move south, you might have an alligator, you might have a crocodile. You're going to have something that looks like a dinosaur because it's related to That's a dinosaur. That's going to be a significantly bigger thing that would show up in the closet. And really, that would be a pool issue, and we're going to have a birdcage. So. so that's the plan, anyways. And mm-hmm. I love that you've got it all planned out. But if we can't, and I think that one of the things that we should establish here is that when you moved in, Having been burned by the last husband, and I'm not going to say the first husband burned you. Like no, he, it just he, it was well, just you know, a bad he, decision. He, he did more or less when it came to some of the money things that you came into. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't. He should not have been entitled to some of the money that he got. Correct. But you didn't want to deal with the fight, and I don't blame you. And, I just wanted to get back home and be there for my sisters. But, like long and short, as my mom passed, my sisters are in middle school, high school, and I came into an inheritance. And after 18 months, a lot of that was. Yeah, he got Even his. To him. He got his. And, and so I'm parsing my words here. I don't think the first one did anything intentionally to financially fuck you. I don't think he did that. The second one definitely I, I, I think did. the first one was crafty and took full advantage of the situation that he was put into mm-hmm. and maximized that situation. But it wasn't done maliciously. It was just done without any sort of morality. It, it, he just did. It, it was it, dumb luck and let's take advantage of it. Absolutely right. The second one was a, a downright thief. So it puts you in a position where, okay, you are selling your house, it, your biggest asset, mm-hmm. and you're putting your faith into a guy that you've known for nine months, like a year, well, whatever it was. My name is on the house. Let's make sure so I that, have my interest protected. Okay, that's where I'm going with this. My name, I made sure got put on the timeshare too. Okay. Like, did, I've did, learned from my life. But did we have to fight over those things? Oh, God, no. No, like, you're making it, it sound like you had no. to push me into these things. What I was think, the Before you moved in, what was the thing that I did? Where did I go? Before you invested a dollar into the basement, where did I go and what did I do? The quick claim deed. Thing. I went to the registry of deeds. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want you putting $60,000 into this house on faith. Because faith has fucked you not once but twice. So I wanted you to know that if you put the money into this house and God forbid something happens to us. My interest was still protected. Absolutely right. So I think I think the moral of the story is, is when you have to combine households and you have to do things and you have to make decisions that are in the best interest of the children, which I feel we 100% did, there are compromises with a time frame that you have to make. So no, this house is never going to feel like it's mine. It's going to do for right now. I know we've made the right decision to live here. I know it's the right financial decision. I know it's in the best interest of Connor. Um, I love the location. I love some of the friends that we've been able to form while we've been here. Yeah, we've had a nice life here. But this is not going to be able to be our forever home. And 
I am able to be okay with being here because I know in five years there gets to be an option where I get to have an opinion and we get to be in a different financial place where we can be set for success. Yep. And so I'm happy to be in it for the long game. And I think we definitely have made the right decision, but it doesn't mean it's a great decision for me every day. One place where we are very lucky, and you sort of just intimated on it a little bit, is you said set for financial success. We are in a very unique position where if you continue to make exactly what you're making right now for the next 20 years, and I continue to make what I'm making right now for the next 20 years, so we never take another step forward in our careers, we get stuck in the mud, and this is where we're at. As long as the divorce decree is followed, and Roger, on your side, continues to mature and get older and graduates college. Like, mm -hmm. Assuming all those things happen and the money that we have going out goes away eventually, we are set for success. Mm -hmm. We are set for life at that point. We are able to finally maximize our earning potential and see the, the full effect of what our incomes and what we earn should be. Again, I don't want to sound like a jerk. I got no problem. I have no problem paying child support, none whatsoever. I understand what it is. I have a fundamental problem with alimony and it's never gonna change. I can fight it all I want. I don't mind paying some alimony. I just don't think somebody should be rewarded. I think alimony should be treated almost like unemployment is, where you, know, you are required to go on X many job interviews and even if you have to BS your way through it and just to turn in the paperwork and mm -hmm. get your check every week, yeah. there should be some responsibility on the other party unless they are injured, unless they are hurt, unless they are psychologically evaluated and cannot work, unless something like that is going on. There should be a responsibility that when you accept that free money each and every week for seven years, you at least have to play the part and pretend to be seeking employment. And they don't require that. But we're now on the back nine. We've made it through the first half of this, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. We talk about five years from now selling this place and moving it. Well, the last four years just went by in a blink. And when right. I. So the next four could go like super quick. I think the other thing that we need to think about and consider is. And I just. Oh. So when we get to that point, we could also be in a place where we have an apartment here and we have a house in Florida and we can like live this dual life. I think the, the biggest part of frustration that I think you and I can agree on is we have worked like dogs since we were 15, 16 years old, 14. having like, you know, Dunkin' Donuts jobs, babysitting jobs, car washing jobs, hostess jobs, different pieces like working to really earn an income from a young age yep. to just, it took us till we were 40 to found somebody else who was the same match with the same work ethic that it's going to be until we're in our fifties to be able to reap the benefits of how hard we've worked. Yeah. And that's a tough pill to swallow. However, we are both, I feel like we're both in a better position today because we are combined and we're, you know, we're putting our, our forces together mm -hmm. than we would be to get today as individuals. I do think we've got a, a better quality of life. Um, whether you like it or not, I know you liked your other place, but when I met you just on paper, when I met you, you lived in Hudson and had a Honda. You now live in Wyndham and have a Lexus. And I, it, but all, no. <laughs> well, there was also one time I lived in Hudson and had a BMW okay, um, diesel. Okay, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like on paper. I know, the, I had to recuperate. 
I had to like regain from the painfulness of my past choices. On paper, we are both in a better place. Yeah. Uh, when you look, you talked about 7,000 pounds worth of trash. Mm-hmm. She's not joking. When the decision was made for her to move in, the first thing she did was call somebody to, to get a dumpster over here. And by the time the guy emptied it twice and we were filling it the third time, he legitimately said to us, I have never seen this before. He had never seen. We set a record for this dumpster company with the amount of stuff that we got rid of. So, honey, when you go to, like, Put this podcast live we have that selfie picture with all the trash in the background mm. of the dumpster that should be the cover for this podcast it's a great idea I, I think we'll do that <laughs> you know it, it can represent the dumpster fire of our ex-lives yeah. and, and you know everything that we got rid of to get here but the thing is the house is whether it's my house your house our house your old house your dad's house whatever house we it didn't is, choose it together that's absolutely right we didn't choose it together but it also represents uh, for most people you know unless you're ultra rich it does represent the single largest investment that most people make and, and for us because we are lucky um, I did buy this house long before I knew you. I did get lucky in one regard. I bought it for the right price at the right time. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. And for as tragic as COVID was, COVID, I think, helped solidify you and I. And it also helped get me down to a 3.12% finance mm-hmm. rate on this thing. So, like, we are chipping away with each and every mortgage payment. We are chipping away at what's owed. And based on the get-in price of Wyndham right now, we are sitting on a half a million dollars in potential profit right now. So this represents that. You are unhappy with the refrigerator, and I am unhappy with the couch. So you would think that... Small debate on the closet <laughs> the closet's a, closet's a bigger deal it's a bigger deal it's more money we got to get a contractor yeah, in here yeah. you know we got to get the right people to do it right this time that's a bigger deal you would think that at this stage in the game if replacing a, one major appliance and one piece of furniture could both make us feel more at home considering we are going to be here together for the next five years, wouldn't that be something that we should explore at some point in the not-so-distant future? Yeah, so when we're done paying for, like, the the lawyer bill, we can get there. <laughs> but we're still chipping away at that. I, like, I get it. I understand it. I do. Now, long before you met me, you also had a certain amount of disdain for this couch that you used to have sex with your ex-husband on. Because oh, come on. Um, no, that's, what, that's what the couch is to me, okay? okay? Just like the bed had to go, the couch will have to go. Mm-hmm. But before you met me, it's like you kind oh, of... Oh, I've attempted trying to sell it on Facebook Marketplace. It's like nobody even wants to give me $2,500 for this thing. Nobody wants a used love sack. Like, nobody wants it because... A new love sack. Remember when I went looking at the Lexus a couple of weeks ago? It's oh, to- yeah. Now it's they a- have speakers it- and, like, curved ends and, but like, it's all, a- these, all these nice revised features. But it's also very much either, A, an impulse purchase, or, B, it is for the ultra-rich. Mm-hmm. Most people that are like you and I that are upper-middle class never consider spending that kind of money on a couch on a secondhand couch like it's just it's it's crazy why would you spend twenty five hundred dollars on somebody's ten year old couch when you can take twenty five hundred dollars and make two choices you can go to bob's 
and shop the front of the store and get something very nice. Or you can shop the back of the store and it might have an imperfection, but you can get a, a $10,000 couch mm -hmm. for 2,500 bucks in the dent and scratched area. Like those are the things that you can do with that same amount of money. But the fridge is something that we could legitimately replace tomorrow for $1,000. We cannot replace that fridge with the type of fridge that I want for $1,000. So, like, to get a new couch is $2,500. She wants a Viking fridge, guys. I don't need the, Vi the Viking fridge. The Viking fridge is a lot more than $2,500. That's what she wants. I am happy with the French door open that's at Home Depot that was on special for $2,000. But no matter what, it's $2,000, $2,500 for a new fridge. It's $2,500 to $3,000 for a new couch. That's five grand that we just don't have to come up with right now. We don't have it right now, but it's something- Sell a whole bunch of hair transplants, honey, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> I, 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 I get it, I, I, I get it, but there's nothing- Or, and then do we spend the five grand on getting the new couch and the new refrigerator, or do we reshingle the garage where we get... we're storing Ann's stuff? I think we wait until after she's legally obligated to pick up her stuff. That way we can be like, it's not our fault. I don't want her coming here and seeing the brand new roof when it's time for her to pick up her stuff saying, you can't blame the roof on that. Like, no, look at that. You came in here with a hose and maliciously ruined my things. No. Oh, that's good. So then we can actually wait a year and save to replace the roof. I like that idea. I think we might have to, you know, as we get closer to that date. But that's what's awesome about talking about buying a house together down the line because we have waited patiently to get to this point where... Some of the things in the divorce decree start getting, the boxes start getting checked off. So last mm -hmm. year, I finally didn't have to cover her and my health insurance anymore. And maybe I'm going to put you on it at some point. You know, but I can now if I need to. I couldn't before. Mm -hmm. I had to cover my ex-wife, but that was the first one that goes. All right. And then <laughs> yeah. ex-wife needs to go in order for new wife to hop in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, next summer, uh, the, the oldest turns 18. That There goes her child support. And the year after that, we hit year seven of the of the divorce so alimony goes away so every year we get to check a box mm -hmm. which is why i think waiting you know the, and then once we hit year four that's when we really start looking in earnest for the house that we buy in year five like we we're not going to wait till year five to go start looking once we hit year four we're going to start looking in earnest and see what we can you mean come up year with. four from now yes exactly yeah. year instead of waiting five years from now for connor to be done with high school uh, probably when he's a junior and looking at colleges, it's probably right right around the same time that we're going to start looking in earnest at neighborhoods and houses and, and putting all those pieces together because if the right thing pops up, the right opportunities there, maybe it's a foreclosure, but because you're a real estate agent, we I have early access. access to it. Mm -hmm. You know, do we want to walk away from an opportunity of How a lifetime? How can I find a coupon on buying a house in Florida? I will accept that challenge. Yeah, I bet you will. I bet you will, and you'll do a great job. But again... You know, this is why people, I think, will be drawn to listening to Let's Chat with Cat and Pat, because this is something that a lot of people that came together later in life deal with on a daily basis. Sacrifices have to be made. Not everyone's opinion can count, especially when kids are involved. Like, there has to be a compromise, and it is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. It, it can be, but you also know just by being around and observing other people that more often than not what happens is you know ex-wife ex-husband moves out eventually they meet a new partner and 
new person moves in. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't always mean we're selling the house and, you know, skipping down the yellow brick road to go find something together. No, that might be like the most responsible thing to do. And it sucks, but it's the reality. So I guess the moral of the story is you have to have a goal. You have to have a vision in sight. You have to be looking forward to something else in order for it to be like, okay, like this is what we're going to do for now. But we know in five years, this is where we're going to be. That's what we're going to be. So we've done uh, a show on the X's. We've done a show on the discomfort of the house that you live in. You hate me for it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we've done all of these shows so far. And, and next week, I think we should do a happy show. We'll be just back from uh, a week away. Well, I think, well, you've signed us up on social media for like Twitter. We're thinking about doing an Instagram I think what we need to start doing and sharing on our social media platform and part of what that happiness needs to be on all the cost savings that I find us and ways to find deals and ways to make points go far and ways for us to live. Yes, we are in alimony. Yes, we are in child support. Yes, we do work side hustles. But how do we make the money go far? Because I think that's a big deal to share with people. Uh, it's a huge deal. And if you could somehow inspire other people to do that or educate other people on how you do that because when you explain it to you know we're hanging out on a friday night with friends and you explain how far you can stretch a dollar and what you mm -hmm. got for eighty dollars at the grocery store uh it, people are mind blown like they don't get it uh it, it seems like almost like you're you're lying but i know you're not but mm -hmm. it all it, it, some of the things that, you, that you're able to pull off are too good to be true almost and the way that you do it you make it look easy because you've been doing it for so long. This right. is not It's like ingrained. It's like we're going away to the Bahamas and we've spent like no money and sold products on Poshmark to like have our spending money. Like we're going to come back from vacation with what uh, maybe $1000 in debt like Well, possibly. We'll see how good I do at the roulette and blackjack table. But I mean, we're going out like legitimately um whether it's airfare uh, place to stay all of that like no debt we have not everything is points everything's been wheeled and dealed like we found a way and that's to, like, how we vacation every vacation every single time so it sounds like we go on these amazing trips or maybe we'll full of crap um when we talk about different things and like do we want to spend twenty five hundred dollars on a new fridge or a new couch but it is a big deal but we are still gonna vacation and traveling is not something we're willing to sacrifice so where there's a will there's a way and I will find a discount for it and I think our social media needs to start showcasing how we find a way to make that dollar go further and if our social media does do that and it continues to pick up steam you know at, at some point here and again I am not opposed to this so if a major company out there, Home Depot, Lowe's, Maytag, Frigidaire, a Viking, wants to do a little trade here and oh. trade us a fridge in exchange for some advertising. You know, I'm your guy. You know, it, you know are you are you registered somewhere as like a voiceover that you I, could I be, do. you could be the voice behind some of the commercials? I, I, once upon a, a time, once upon here? a time, I, yeah. I had the uh, all the voiceovers in every Staples store in the country for about a year. So at the height of that was easy. That was me. You're uh, the easy button. <laughs> I was the easy button, but I wasn't the easy button in the TV commercials. Okay. I was only the in-store voice. Uh, so yes, I I'm happy to to talk about anything you want me to talk about. But specifically, if you've got a couch or a fridge to trade, uh, we are all in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Her name is Katrina Pateri. My name is Patrick Gilroy. When we come back next week, uh, I think 
you're a thousand percent right. I think we take those pictures. I think we tell those stories online. But I also think we come back and we recap everything that we did on that trip from getting on the plane to get there, from on the plane to get back and everything in between. And we explain how much money it should have cost and how much money it did cost. So you can show other people that are out there that are in a similar situation. They are on their second or third time around. They've still got responsibilities to children. They've got responsibilities to exes. And they want to learn how to be able to take their kids or take their significant other on a fabulous vacation. But they are afraid of spending money or afraid of what it's going to cost. I think you can start to inspire some people to, to understand that, no, if you're going to spend this money for the next 10 months to pay your electric bill, but you, plan. but you spent, instead of it coming out of your checking account, you use this 0% credit card, and then you pay that off with your checking account, you're going to accrue enough points to fly your family there for free by this time next year. Mm -hmm. Like, these are the things that you do, but it's not something you can decide to do on a Tuesday and take advantage of it on Thursday. You have to start planning now to take advantage of it for you know spring 2025. That's unfortunately how it works. But once it becomes second nature and is ingrained into you, it, it almost is, it's a perpetual um, residual income almost because you're always taking advantage of it and you're always, at least with us, putting us in a position where, you know, we've already checked, we're gonna, this thing's been on the books for almost a year. Our November vacation also paid for. Mm -hmm. That's been on the books for almost a year. Uh, honeymoon's going to be coming up and I'm sure you're doing the same thing for that. It's a lifestyle, guys, and if you just take a step back and listen to what she has to say, uh, especially when we come back next week, I think it'll be a good education, a good learning experience, and then I think people understand you don't have to make a lot of changes. Maybe just pay your bills a little bit differently. You take advantage of this promotion versus that promotion, and before you know it, everybody's going to the Bahamas and nobody's spending any money. Yeah. It's just a little homework, a little thought and planning, and then again, gives you something to look forward to. I look forward to a new couch. My name is Patrick Gilroy. Her <laughs> name is Katrina Pateri. Looking forward to a new fridge. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Let's Chat with Cat and Pat. Uh, if you're enjoying what you heard so far, don't be afraid to uh, like, rate, and review and all that stuff as we continue to grow the program. And we will talk to you with fresh tans right around this time next week. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Burning down the house Hold tight Wait till the party's over Hold tight We're in for nasty weather Yeah